Today I learned that on the surface of Mars there's a rover known as the Curiosity, which also goes to explain why there are no cats on Mars. This is Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. It is the 4th of July, 2020. Uh, Welcome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here for however long you decide to stay. Um, Today is Independence Day here in the United States, and um, I plan to spend this day, which is day 112 in my isolation, lockdown, lockout, lock-in, quarantine, uh, protection of other people and myself from the pandemic, which is sweeping the world. Uh, the United States in particular. Today I'm going to spend in some kind of repose or meditation or thoughts and probably some writing about uh, what the country means to me, what the idea of liberty, what the idea of freedom actually means in my life uh, anymore. Um, Not only because of recent events, but for everything that I've grown up in. Next week, next week I turn 55 years old. 55 years old, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't feel that number, if that makes any sense. When I was a younger person, when I was a boy, 55 seemed way, way far away, but the years move really, really quickly, and, and I find myself here. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I started receiving via email and via mail mail, um, I have started receiving all kinds of uh, senior citizen uh, benefits, um, uh, coupons for Denny's, uh, for their senior citizen menu, and and uh, lots of life insurance things, and lots of uh, all things that uh, that seem happy on the outside but have negative connotations on the inside. And, and, and as a as someone who has studied stoicism. One of the one of the credos, one of the things from there is, uh, never forget that you're going to die. So I'm being reminded, I'm going to die, um, and that's okay, because I'm living today, and I'm going to to make the most out of that, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Facebook handed me some interesting memories uh, this morning as I was scrolling through. Um, Six years ago, in 2014, I was in St. Louis uh, with my wife, Dawn. She had traveled along with me. The two of us drove from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, to St. Louis. Um, uh, We traded off driving. She drove some, I drove some. Um, And we looked at landscapes, and we we stopped in small towns, and we... we, uh, we uh, We had lunch at... um, one, one day we were driving, we had lunch at the Hard Rock Cafe in, uh, in Nashville and uh, saw a lot of the Johnny Cash memorabilia and had long discussions about Johnny Cash and about music and about love and children and, and, and how the children had all grown up. And we were, you know, we were now uh, taking on a whole different set, um, 
a whole, a whole different life. And that became even more true in the, in the next, in the following year. Um, and then what transpired there. Uh, this year, I'm living uh, alone uh, in Hollywood, California, having followed my path across the country, all the way across the country this time, uh, to the foot of the Magic Castle, which is currently closed. Uh, and I am waiting for my audience to come back 112 days since the last time I had an audience across the table from me. Anyway, uh, six years ago today, I was in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, and I was um, competing in the North American FISM competition. Now, for those of you who aren't magicians and don't know about such things, uh, FISM is the grand prize. It is the biggest contest one can enter if one practices the art of magic. It is the be-all and end-all. And of course, um, they choose from from different um, countries the different people that will compete in the big competition, which generally happens, you know, a year after the, the regional things do. But I was there um, competing for the North American uh, slot to be one of the representatives uh, to travel to uh, Rimini, Italy, to compete in the World Championships, and. Um, and I performed my... I had eight minutes, by the way. The entire contest was timed to eight minutes. And I, com- I competed with my piece called Memories, Silver Memories, followed by Golden Memories, which is the, uh, the ice cream pop thing. I'll, I'll put a link at the end to that video. There's several videos of me performing that uh, up on the YouTube. Um, and it is the last competition I will ever take part in. Uh, part of the reason being that uh, I no longer believe, mostly because of this competition, that uh, that art that art should be entered in competitions. There's a whole long story with that, and maybe I'll, I'll share that with you sometime. But right now, uh, it is that uh, just my belief that um, my art specifically doesn't belong in competitions. The very short version of that particular competition is that I, I, I passed the finals and I was uh, competing against uh, four or five other magicians the following day to secure um, a possible win for the International Brotherhood of Magicians in Close-Up Magic, a possible win with the Society of American Magicians, Close-Up Magic, and North American FISM in, in Close-Up Magic. And I had told myself, and I had, I had put it through my own head and talked it out and rehearsed it out in that I'm not going to go out there and try to do big, dazzling things. I want to, I want to give them sincere, uh, organic, from the heart, pure magic the way that I would present it for an audience of, that, that wasn't a competition. If there were people across from me, uh, this is what I would do for them, rather than um, for want of a better term, making it more Vegas, making it more shiny, adding glitter, or, or whatever. So I put on my armor. I put on my, my waistcoat and my, my tie and, and the, the buttons and the, the, the nail polish and the, trimmed my beard the way I wanted it to be. And I put on my, my derby and, and I went out and I, and I created magic. And, um, and I got, I got a standing ovation. 
I got a, from, from my peers, from the people that came to see competition, from the people that, that just came because they love magic. And uh, I got a standing ovation at the end of my performance, which in retrospect was uh, better than getting a medal. Um, one of the one of the organizations that was throwing the uh, the competition that was holding the competition uh, allows for the contestants to meet the judges, and so I took them up on that opportunity. and, and I was waiting in the hallway with a bunch of the other performers, a bunch of the other uh, competitors, and as they came out from meeting with the judges, a large number of them were kind of kind of galvanized and kind of shaking. And, oh, boy, I didn't realize I had done that. I didn't realize that this was good. And they were very, very, very because it's a, it's a competition on a national scale for the opportunity to compete in an international scale and repre- represent your, your country, right? Or, or I guess the continent of North America, the entirety of North America. Um, so, of course, they were harsh and they were very, very, you know, they had high expectations of what things should be. And to myself, I thought, well, this is good. This is great. I'll go in. I'll get some. I'll get some good pointers, and I'll, I'll be able to know whether I win or lose. At least I will. I will have some um, uh, some insight as to the way that the, my peer group and people that that are that are experts in this field or the giants of my industry will look at what I do and and have some uh, some insight on what they think of of my art. And I went in the room, and there were names there that I. Uh, that I admire, uh, some some that I'd never heard of, um, but but uh, y- you know you don't you don't judge a, a national competition or a, a continental thing without being someone, um, and so you know I, I went in to hear what I had to hear, and I was ready to take notes, and I was ready to ask questions, and all kinds of things, and the person who was running the show uh, said this, and I'll never forget this. This is in my brain. He said, "You walked out on stage." And you started, you started to talk. And about 30 seconds into your talk, I put my notes down. I put my clipboard down. I put my judging sheet down because I didn't want to be judging your show. I wanted to be watching your show. The words that you said, the words that you put forward, the magic that you created was so gripping um, that I had to watch it and not judge it. And so I have no notes for you. I have no I have no critique for you. You have a beautiful act, and I wouldn't change a thing, except as your heart tells you that things need to change. And all around the room, it was the exact same way. Everyone there, everyone who was judging, the, the eight or nine individuals that were there to, to judge these competitions, all said, loved what you did. Um, it was beautiful. It was fantastic. We have no notes. We have no negative thoughts. Thank you. And uh, I went out and I went to dinner with my wife and she asked me, well, what did they say? And I, I said, well, they, they, they told me they loved the work. They loved what I would put into it. They loved the magic that I created and they had no notes and no negative input. So with that, I assumed that I at least had one uh, something. At least, you know, in my head, I'm going, wow, if you have no critique and you love the act and there's no, nothing you would change, well, to me, that says you, you have won. You have, you, have taken the, you have taken the prize. So after dinner, we went to the awards ceremony, and, um, and of the three major groups that were there, IBM, SAM, FISM, 
my name was not read. Uh, let me let me caveat that. Uh, I was not given an award from FISM. I was given a spot. I was given a spot to compete in the international competition at, in, in Rimini the following year. Uh, but I was awarded no medals. I was awarded uh, no trophies. Uh, I was not in the top three um, all the way down the line. And I was curious about that. So I went and I found a friend. I found a, a, I had a friend, Eric Jones, who was uh, on the board at the SAM for the judging committee. And I found him and I asked him, uh, okay, so the act was great and everybody loved it and they had no notes. Why did I not even place? Why did I not get anything, any kind of recognition? And Eric quite simply said to me, uh, there wasn't enough, there weren't enough magic moments in your act. Um, in the eight minutes you had to perform, you did uh, six, I believe there are six magic effects in that storyline, in that presentation, in that, uh, in that moment. Six magical things happened. Uh, loved the act, loved the structure of it, loved the, the storyline and how everything went and was left feeling magical. And I got the standing ovation from the audience and I got the flawless... Um, uh, review from from the judges, but because there weren't enough beats per minute in the magic that I performed, um, I uh, I didn't win. I didn't place. I didn't get a trophy. Uh, the person that did win uh, in eight minutes crammed in somewhere between thirty and forty magic moments. A thing appears in his hand. A thing appears in his hand. A thing disappears from his hand. You know things like that. And that was the last time I competed. Not out of any kind of uh, spite or anger, and I, although I will admit there was some of that at the beginning. Um, but, but in the years that have passed since then, uh, not only have I decided that I don't want my, my art up in a competition, but that I shouldn't allow... I shouldn't allow other people's rules to affect the story that I want to tell. As an artist, as a storyteller, I want the freedom to do one magic effect and, uh, and bring, it, uh, bring magic to people. That's my job, right? I'm a magician. I'm bringing magic to you. And, and whether, whether it, is, it is one effect or, or several dozen uh, magical things happening, does the mad does the impact of the magic that actually happens in when a person's heart and a spectator's soul uh, lessen because there are fewer magical effects, or lessen because there are more, or does it really matter? Isn't the presentation of the idea of the heart of the matter matter? And my answer to myself was, well, to me it does, and. So from this point forward, um, I will not allow that to be in the hands of judges. My art is created from my own heart, head, and talent, and it is accepted or rejected by the audience that I put it in front of. And between us and that dance, there is no filter. 
Later on in that evening, as I was contemplating how things had gone wrong, and I'm putting quotes around the word wrong, uh, I felt a tap on my shoulder, and I turned around, and there was a gentleman standing. And let me tell you this. Let me, let me interrupt my own story to, to give you a little backstory. When I first began this, this journey, this, this quest, this path um, of performance magic and performance conjuring, the very first book I bought was uh, The Experience of Magic by Eugene Berger. Eugene Berger was an incredible teacher. He was a guru. He was a, a mentor to more people than he ever met. And he wrote a book. One of his books, well, one of his books was The Experience of Magic. And uh, I devoured that book as, a, as an amateur magician, as a longtime actor and a longtime performer, but as an amateur magician, the words on the, on the pages that he wrote spoke to me in a, in a very, very, very moving kind of a way. And it, it basically charted the path that I was going to take from that point forward. Now, years, years, years in the past... 27 years ago? I think that's right. So when I turned around in this banquet hall in St. Louis, Missouri, having ridden the entire day on, on the high of, of performance and the, the absolute high of, of important people in my craft telling me they loved my performance to the crushing blow of not quite good enough. I turned around and there was Eugene Berger, who I'd never met really face to face. And he's standing there and he's smiling and he's, he's a little bit giddy and he said, I've been looking for you and I wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed your performance and how delightful I thought it was. Will you give me your phone number? I'd like to talk to you further about the art that you've created. How about that? I traveled all the way, halfway across the country at that point. I gave my best. I failed at the quest that I was, uh, that I was seeking, but I met the man who helped to shape my journey, and he was delighted with the outcome at that point. So, of course, I gave him my phone number, and... We, we corresponded a little bit, and not long after that, he passed away. Not long, a year or two. Um, and all that happened on July the 4th, 2014, six years ago today. And in, in my own retrospect, it set me free in, in, a, in a certain direction because I, I, it, it helped me to shape the fact that I'm going to make the art. I'm going to put my heart out into the lights. I'm going to put it out on the page. I'm going to put it forth across the table and, and let, it, let it be. Let it be exactly what it is. I'm going to try to communicate with you more. I'm going to try to communicate with you more. I cannot perform for you in the isolation that I'm in, I cannot give you the experience uh, that my heart demands that I put forth, but I can give you my words, and I can give you my stories, 
and I can send you love. So, today I'm going to contemplate freedom and liberty. I'm going to watch uh, movies that I enjoy. I'm going to read some books that I enjoy. Uh, I plan to talk to some loved ones uh, briefly and let them know that I'm thinking of them. Uh, if you are within the sound of my voice or you see this video, know that I value you as a person, as a friend, as a fan, however you see yourself in my world, in my little Hannibal world. And I will remain across the table as long as I can. And I won't put my art up for competition again, but I will put it out for enjoyment and for thought and for love. So be it. I hope there's love where you are, and I'll talk to you soon. I may not know exactly where this road is taking me. I know that I'm exactly right where I'm supposed to be. The journey is long, full of joy.
I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for tonight. Bye.